Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Press B to Cancel. I am Guy Prime from The Retro Therapy, your host for the evening. With me, uh, we have the same crew as last time, a uh, set of really good friends of mine. <clears throat> I'll let them introduce themselves. Let's start off with Sick Jake. Go ahead. Oh, well, I'm Sick Jake. You can find me over at Twitch or on Twitter. at the same name. No K and Sick. I love you. And now we have uh, my other good friend, Werewolf. Go ahead. All right, you can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Werewolf, W-A-R-E-W-U-L-F-F. Okay, and then we have my other love interest, Pulse 109 You make me blush. Thank you. I'm Pulse 109 You can find me at twitch.tv slash Pulse 109 That's P-A-L-S-H-109. Very cool. And as mentioned, I am Guy Prime with The Retro Therapy, also on Twitch, uh, I think Instagram, and Twitter on occasion. So tonight's topic of discussion for Press B to Cancel is superstitions, mannerisms, and things of that nature in uh, video gaming. So to kind of give you guys an idea, a general direction of, of what we're talking about with superstitions, I, I have this theory or this train of thought that everybody who grew up with video games or still plays today has something that they do um, knowingly that they believe will help them in their game playing. Uh, to give you an example from my childhood, and this is, as I mentioned, something I still do. Um, when I hook up a video game system, let's say I'm hooking up my NES, if the coaxial, you know, the red, yellow, white cords are on the left-hand side of the television, I have to make sure that everything is left-hand oriented when starting it up. The NES stays on the left-hand side. I push the reset and the power buttons with my left hand. I turn on the TV with my left hand. And I don't know why, but that is just, from a young age, how I felt. If everything is on the right-hand side, my life works a lot better. But that's not always the case. Uh, but yeah, so that's one of my things. Um, I'll tell you what, Pulse109, let's start with you. Uh, do you have anything in your life that you knowingly do when you're about to play video games in general, or maybe even specifically one or two video games? Um. See, the thing is, for me, the only ones that I've caught on to myself are things I've grown out of, but I still kind of hold dear <laughs> dear to the heart because it's uh, if you're playing a game and, say, it's a fighting game or, you know, platformer or whatever, I, I was always guilty of doing the, the motions whenever I jump. I'd kind of, you know, back and forth, left and right, you know, I'd kind of... You know, like you'd see in the, car the the kids doing in the cartoons. I did that, or not the cartoons, in the commercials. Yeah, you'd see them doing that. I was like that without even realizing it. And I'm, I was probably doing it for years before somebody actually commented on it. So then I had to try to force myself not to do it so I didn't get made fun of. Okay, I think that's kind of a, I don't want to say a common one. Uh, do you feel like that translated to your skills on uh, any of the motion controls, like the Wii, for example? I I would, I'd like to say it did, but no, I didn't play enough Wii for it actually to make a difference. <laughs> and by then, <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was just terrible at the Wii anyways, so. I, I tell you, I was, um, I was ecstatic when I found out about the, the motion controls for the Wii, not for myself. But because I, I thought my mother would finally be really good at video games, because she used to do that too. When she wanted Mario to jump, she would press the button, but her arms would go flying 19 feet in the air. And it was it was a wild ride. But yeah, 
Very cool. Uh, werewolf. She's a powerful woman. <laughs> I prefer the word sturdy. She's a sturdy woman. <laughs> well built. Uh, werewolf, how about you? Do you have any of those kind of superstitions or things that you do? Uh, again, for now, the category is kind of like knowingly or things that you've caught that you just continue to do. You know what? I still, even to this day, and this is a ridiculously common one, so no special case here, but I might still be a special case in that I still do it, even though I've known for over 15 years that it's not good. Blowing into the cartridge, even still, if I have an NES game, I hook up the NES, I pop the cartridge in, uh, pop it down, if I turn it on and it's flashing that maroon or magenta and black, I pull it out, blow into it. I know it's not good for it, but my brain is still like, well, maybe there's just a speck of dust. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I still do. I did it a week ago. Um, other than that, like the, it, I guess it kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, I dance the cartridge into the NES a little bit. If the blowing doesn't work, like you push it a little bit on the right to, and then hit reset and hope that works. And a little bit on the left and hit reset, hope that works. <laughs> you're you're a romantic. <laughs> I blow it and then I dance it in just a little bit. Yeah, you gotta you gotta romance it and then then hope it uh, gives up the goods. Oh my god! Well, let me let me blow your mind by asking you a a subset of that question. Um, okay, first off, do you have an NES cartridge uh, near you? Uh, I don't. They're out in the other room. Okay, this is a mental exercise then. And Sick Jake and Paul, I want you to think of this too. Uh, is there a certain pattern or cadence in which you blow into the cartridge? I find that people have different. There are there's a variety of ways for you to blow. <laughs> I I grab the cartridge. You know, I hold it like a taco, basically. Okay, and then uh, just slower. Say it slower, please. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, you 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 when blowing into the cartridge, you run it down, and then you run it back up, like left to right. Back to front. What? Uh, how are we talking about this? Is like left to front, left to right, back to front. <laughs> God. Turn it inside out and do it again. Hygienically, you're supposed to go front to back. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we can use that, guys. We are now. We sure can. Yeah. I mean, I'm um, not opposed to blowing, but I usually get steak dinner first. I don't know about you guys. Nice. <laughs> Canada sounds awesome. Uh, but no, like I, I, I was made aware of this, and this is something I thought about over the past week in preparation for this discussion. Was the way in which people blow uh, their cartridges. I myself just, you know, bottom to top and back down. But I remember growing up, I had these cousins, and they both had the same technique, which is almost like fast down and then slow up. And I, to this day, I can still see it. They also drink Kool Aid in a funny way, but that's a different different show but uh, yeah so like i said okay polish jake do you guys have uh different techniques for for blowing or should we move on i mean it's <laughs> look when i blow it's got to be hard and fast and that's what i used to do i used to take the cartridge right up close and just whoosh, right into it and that's the only way to clear the dust at least that's how i found yeah there's always this invisible dust is always what i thought as a kid Right, but that's why you want to start at the top and go down. Because if you start at the bottom and there's recirculation, that dust is going straight onto your 
like yeah. the bridge of your nose or into your eyeballs. <laughs> exactly. And who's hey, going to blow your eyeballs? That's true. I actually had this that's, weird, that's the goal. Um, <laughs> version of blowing into the cartridge when I was a kid. And I'm the only person i ever seen do it. And, of course, it's totally just arbitrary. It didn't actually do anything, but I felt like it did. Is I blow in the cartridge, blow in the cartridge. Wouldn't work. So what I'd do is take the console, take the NES. This is only for the NES, by the way. I would take it, I'd flip it upside down, and there was a pa- like a, a panel you could take off that was in the middle of it. And if you take off this panel, like it was just clipped in. So, you know, you just squeeze both sides and it pops out. And... It was almost like a like a vent or something. I don't even know what it was. It was just if if you look at the bottom of an NES console, you'll see it. And all it was is just like a slit, like four slits. I think I remember. I remember. And uh, I used to blow in and around that. If I was at like you know a dozen tries with the cart and it didn't work, what I do is blow into that and then boom, I put it down, and within like one or two tries, it would work. And I was convinced that I was a master, that I I was this wizard that thought of something. And, yeah, and I never, to- never told anybody that secret until now. Posh, <laughs> blowing the slit, you nasty motherfucker. I'm pretty sure that was an expansion port that just never got used. Don't ruin this for me. <laughs> <laughs> the mystery is gone. Yeah, how did you, uh, how did you fix your broken ankle? Oh, I bandaged up my wrist, and everything's better. So you just went full surgery on your console. That's interesting. I thought so. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, interestingly, for blowing into cartridges, for all the consoles I have that have cartridges, the only ones I do it to are NES and Game Boy. Same. Yeah, agree. Same. Although, I think there was also something to do with, like, the top loaders. You know, Sega Master System, Genesis, Super Nintendo. I think... A lot of it was the pin connectors and, you know, how an NES cartridge goes in. It goes, you know, in and down to make it fit. Apparently, that's why they came out with the top loader NES later on, like near the end of its life. That's so true. I think that is probably the biggest, you know, contender for what actually screwed it up, from what I understand. Do either of you guys have a NES top loader or have used one? No. Uh, I used one about 25. 20- Five years ago, one of my friends had one. I didn't like it. Yeah, that was about when it came out. It seems like it would have too high of a of a clearance. Like, I would be always afraid of, I, I would think at least, something clipping the cartridge and ripping it out violently. Yeah, because, you know, Super Nintendo carts are half the, half the height. The NES controller also, for the, the dog bone version of it, it felt unnatural. You know, you get used to that brick... Yeah, it looks terrible. See, you say that, but I feel like the dog bone was the precursor to the Super Nintendo controller. Like I think it, it came after. Really? Yeah. Pretty sure the top loader was released after the Super Nintendo was released, and they were trying to reduce costs on the Super NES, or on the NES. Yeah, you're right. I want to say it came out in 93 or something like that. It was a couple years after the Super Nintendo first came out. Wow, I did not know that. That's cool. Now, um, going back to, to superstitions, specifically for the NES, uh, this is something else that I have to do. I have to have the lid for my front loader, not my top loader, because I don't have one. I have to have the lid open. Like, I have to be able to look at the label of the game. Uh, <laughs> I, this isn't really something I planned on discussing, but I've, I'm looking at it right now. 
And even though it's sitting on the other side of the room, the lid is open, and I can tell I've got Silver Surfer sitting in there. Are you guys like that too, or do you have to have it shut? Or does it matter? Really? I can't stand it being open, because then it lets in the dust. And exactly. I don't know how old your NES is, but I cleaned out the inside of mine once, and oh God. Well, then you're not blowing your carts enough. <laughs> I want to have it closed. Have you ever blown into the console itself, too? Because I've I'll, done that. I'll pretty much blow anything. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have done that. I actually, uh, I had a friend who, he was blowing into his NES when we were kids. I just remembered this story. And he was, he had a Jolly Rancher in his mouth. And, you know, his his NES had been troublesome all day. He's blowing into the, the NES itself. And whew, in goes the Jolly Rancher. Took him about three or four minutes of trying to get that Jolly Rancher out, and when it came out, it was absolutely disgusting. But as soon as the cartridge went in, it worked perfect. I mean, the cartridge had diabetes, but uh... <laughs> it was a it was a pretty sweet circumstance, if you ask me. Oh, <laughs> well, nice. Oh, I see what you did there. So, okay, moving on from like, unless you guys have other superstitions you want to address, I'm completely I'm digging the hell out of this this category. Yeah, to add on to that, actually, I have one. So, I mean, again, I'm not opposed to blowing anything, but for me, there's a few NES games, Superman for Nintendo especially, uh, where I had to jam the cartridge in and then push it and work it up and down three times. And that's, yeah, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> but if it hit rock those bed springs, I swear it would never work. So every time I had to use it, I had to rock it three notes. times in the cartridge slot and then it would work. And it was okay, a, it's a handful of games. <laughs> so up and down. Up and down, okay, down, okay. And then up, and then down again. Down, okay. I, I missed that part. And then it would work. I have no idea why. Yeah, technology's funny. Over, under, through. <laughs> Maybe that's where I got it from. <laughs> I have, just to go back before we change topic completely, when we were talking about the, you know the, the lid being closed or open, I used to always have it closed every time, but... The more years went on, the more sensitive my NES became. So as soon as I got the game going, I kind of tiptoed back as very as like gingerly as possible <laughs> and hoped that, you know, no gust of wind or anything yeah. touched the console so it wouldn't stop so it would stop working. Uh I think another uh, probably a common superstition is when you're catching Pokémon. Everybody has their combination. They just they either Press an up and B, down an A, right. just one of those buttons, you know, something. As soon as the, the Pokemon is, like, trying to get snapped into the, the the Pokeball itself. A lot of people have that superstition. And even, uh, as I understand it, I guess it's translated into Pokemon Go, where some people, they just hold the screen or they tap the crap out of it in the hopes that it'll keep the Pokemon in there, something. Yeah, I, I think Pokemon is a, a great example of what we call the Heinz principle. And it's everybody has their own method for getting the ketchup out of the bottle. You know, I've, you know, tapping it gently over your wrist or placing your thumb and forefinger over the 57 number that is imprinted into the glass bottle and tapping the bottom. Like, you know, everybody has their own technique that they swear to God works uh, 100% of the time. And it, yeah, I think Pokemon is the, the Heinz principle for video games. 
Yeah, you want you want to have that sense of control, basically, that you know I'm I'm doing everything in my ability here to to make this work. Sure, there there is, and I'm going to save it toward the end of the show. But there is one thing that I would almost wager every single gamer listening to this and everybody who's not has in common. So uh, I'm going to leave you with a bit of a cliffhanger there, and we'll, we'll, when we wrap up, I'll bring it back, and you guys can tell me if I'm right or I'm wrong. Um, but moving on... But I want to know now! Moving, no, no, no. Moving on from superstitions uh, to mannerisms. The difference here is superstitions are the things that you realize that you are doing, the things that you believe will give you an edge when playing a game. Mannerisms are basically the equivalent of how silly your concentration face looks. You know, the things that you do when you're playing that you don't realize. Uh, So to start it off, I did not realize until I became a streamer uh, that I, when I'm concentrating, specifically on like racing games or sports games, I chew on my tongue to the point that it looks like I have the biggest glob of like bubble gum or something in my mouth. And that's just my concentration face is... Uh, unknowingly chewing on my tongue, and it is disgusting looking, and I love it every time I do it. Uh, I'll tell you what, Sick Jake, let's start off with you. Uh, do you have any of those mannerisms, things that you're not aware of that you're doing, but other people have pointed out to you? Yeah, yeah I do have one. Uh, and it's actually fairly recently when I started working my current job. I work in IT, and uh, I've quickly learned if you don't look busy, you get more work. At least that's how my job used to be at the beginning when I was new. So I kind of developed the, the resting bitch face, that look that I'm always busy or aggravated no matter what. And that's kind of carried over to everything now. So I'd be careful if I'm at home and I'm watching TV intently or I'm like playing a video game intently. I get that look in my face that I'm going to kill somebody. I just absolutely look just completely distraught or pissed off or angry. And I'm really not. I'm just relaxing. And that's I blame work for that one. <laughs> I've seen this in action actually when he's been streaming, especially playing Majora's Mask. He gets uh, he goes can from we, that can and we then call he it rages. The relaxing pissed face, relaxing bitch face, resting bitch face. But yeah, my my current boss caught me doing it once. He's like, "You okay? Is something wrong? We got to talk." Because he's very very mental health and stress aware, unlike my last boss. And I'm like, "No, man, I'm just I'm just on Twitter. <laughs> I'm good. Don't worry." <laughs> That'll get your blood pressure up anyway. I don't think I have anything now, but uh, I had a terrible, terrible habit when I was younger. Uh, I used to get nervous while I was playing games. I don't know. like I've always just had nervous habits, and uh, at one point, it was while I was gaming, I would chew on the cord where it comes out of the controller, which is just fucking awful. <laughs> Excuse my language, but it was bad. I still have those old controllers where you can see the various multicolored wires from inside the the little rubber tubing that it's supposed to have. Yeah, you never get that back in, by the way. No, no platform was safe. I did it to Saturn controllers, Genesis controllers, Super Nintendo, NES. When the Wavebird came along, you were scared. You didn't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> it took a long time to get rid it it took a few years of doing that for me to realize I need to stop doing this and then it took me about a month of knock uh, to knock it off. This kind of like the, when it comes to destroying your controllers, I have kind of a similar thing. Whenever I played say Mario Kart, say I'm saying it right this way cuz I say Mario because I'm Canadian. Um but we'd be playing Mario Kart 64 and uh 
you know, you could do that little slide kick or slide jump boost. So, you know, you do the hop into a corner, and if you went left and right, left and right a couple times, like two or three times, you'd see the letters coming and changing color instead of, uh, I can't even explain it now. But, uh, like, you could get a little boost if you basically hopped into your turn, went left, right, left, right, left, right, like three times, and then you'd see your the smoke coming out of your exhaust change into, like, letters like V or, like, something like Vroom or whatever it was. And if you let go of the R button, then you get a little, you know, a little... And it drove me nuts because my brothers, like, they're 10 years older than me, first off. They and their friends would always be doing that, except it was just like... That's that's all you could hear was just this flicking because they're just beating the damn uh, analog stick, almost bending bending it in half, and that's pretty much how we destroyed six and sixty four controllers because they were playing Mario Kart. Oh, six! God. That's impressive because those things are oh, sturdy. No, we, we went through. Yeah, we went through many. That's how rough they were with them. I don't even think I've ever. I, my friends and I destroyed a an N sixty four controller playing Mario Party with the. Rotate the analog stick as fast as you can, game. <laughs> we ju- we tore the crap out of our palms, but the controllers came out fine. You never had a trouble with like a loose analog stick because that was that was always the case with us. No, we never had that issue. Man, I guess apparently we're a lot more violent up here in Canada with our analog sticks. <laughs> <laughs> with the analog sticks, yes. I, I've gone through many a controller in my youth with my older brother, and I like to think that we just. Went through the controllers the the organic way, uh, breaking it over our knees. <laughs> like I think we've all done that, right? Where you, you you try to look manly by breaking the controller over your knee, and then you realize it's made of much more durable plastic than you thought. Yeah, and you're eight. Yeah, we call that the Castlevania or uh, Contra syndrome. Contra syndrome. Yeah, I like that. Never did that to myself, but I did throw it down on the ground once. I was a uh, I was sitting, it was, I was young, so the way I was sitting, I was, the controller was maybe a foot off the ground, foot and a half. And I got mad at a game and threw it down, and there was a plate between my feet. The plate didn't make it. <laughs> I got in trouble for that. Well, they, they make Nerf controllers because of that. I remember <laughs> seeing that when PlayStation 2 was in its heyday. My cousin took to calling that sort of activity video game attitude. <laughs> Like, my controllers are always really solid. So, I mean, I had the Genesis controller with the three buttons, and uh, I remember James Pond games. It's like this Olympic game with some weird cartoon characters, but all the games involve slamming the three buttons repeatedly. And I remember taking my knuckles and running my knuckles across all three buttons as fast as I could. And I skinned my knuckles. They started bleeding. It was so bad. And I think to this day, there's still flakes of skin embedded in the buttons of that Sega controller. But it works great. Not a problem. I love that. I miss... I miss the durability of the older older system controls like that. What were you saying, Werewolf? Uh, as as an avid Mega Man player, because you play a lot of Mega Man 1 and 2, right? Yes. Yes. Um, so my brother played through the entire Mega Man series not too long ago. And while he was doing so, he realized that he plays with a, a sort of claw-like uh, positioning for his right hand so that he can easily tap the crap out of the shooting button and then jump when he needs to. Sure. Instead of trying to do it with his thumb, he's got his index finger there ready to just slam the button as much as possible. 
I realized I kind of do something like that too. Now he did it on the PlayStation, so his structure was a little bit more uh, refined, I would say. But for me, I actually would put my thumb underneath the the back of the controller uh, with my right hand, and then put my index finger on the B button, middle finger on the A button, and that's how I play Mega Man games on the NES. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not far off from that, actually. Well, for Mega Man X, no way is I going to do that. Yeah, that there's there's different controller grips. That one, like you said, is, is I think actually called the claw grip. And I, I use that when I'm doing my speed runs for, like, Contra. Or when I was playing um, Silver Surfer, uh, I mash faster with my right-hand middle finger. So, yeah, I kind of hover over it like a, a claw grip there, yeah. But see, I don't hover. I actually get my thumb under the back as like a level of resistance from my right hand, so I don't feel like I'm only holding the controller with my left. Yeah, see, I wedge mine like I'm sitting at my desk. I've got my chair at a certain height so that I can put my controller on the top of my knee, but then I clip it um, in the the right top corner of the controller under my table. So I've got a, a, a base on my knee and then like, the, the steadiness of the table holding it in place, and then yeah, I can just fucking mash with my right middle finger. It's it's like a a weird pincher thing, but you know, the drummer in me has to use yeah, I have to use all four limbs for fucking everything. Is this a drummer <laughs> technique? You should see me eat cereal. <laughs> I kind of want to see you try to drive stick. Actually, you know, I, I learned how to do stick relatively fast <laughs> because of your Mega Man technique. Oh no, because of well, dream theater. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I'm also very in touch with my emotions because of that, too. But, again, that's another show. <laughs> so when I'm actually playing Mega Man X, this is the only one I know it for specifically, but I have to rest the control. Like, So, you know, you have, I want to say, underhand for a controller when you're normally playing a game. So, you know, your hand, your four fingers are underneath the controller for the most part, except for, you know, left and right buttons on top. And, you know, you have both your hand, your thumbs are doing all the work. Um, when I'm playing Mega Man X, and only Mega Man X, I actually have my left hand is normal. I have the right half of the controller is rested on my thigh. And I'm using a different, I'm using my index finger to hold the Y button to charge. I use my middle finger to jump. And I use my ring finger to dash. And so that way I always have an access to all of them and... I just can go crazy when I need to just, like, mash, mash, mash like crazy. And it's the only game. Wow. I was just going to say, I have a I have a question for Paulson and GP, because you two apparently never thought to switch that but that dash button to the R button. No. <laughs> How did you no, miss that? I tried to do that. I tried to do that before. I remember reading that in, like, a, in a Nintendo Power or something, and... No, uh, it just messed me up so bad because I was still hitting the A button. It didn't. It didn't work. See, I I failed, but for a completely different reason. R the R trigger is how I switch between weapons. I know you can do it with the L trigger also, but what happened? Because I recently tried this. Um, at the behest, somebody on Twitch was uh, goading me into trying it. They're like, "No, you got to try it." So I tried it, and I would go to switch weapons, and I would just end up dashing into somebody. And it was it was horrible. So I failed at it. Uh, old dog, new tricks, I guess. But for the, I, it's not that I kept hitting A. It's that I kept not switching weapons. 
Yeah, I guess if it's something you didn't pick up on early, it's probably a hard habit to switch into. Kind of like breastfeeding, huh? Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't pick up on that till I was like nine. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, <boy>. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm joking. It's true though. With in terms of old habits, die hard. I mean, I've been recently playing the NES games on the Switch with their online service, and unfortunately, I'm using the Joy Cons. But the run button and the jump button are at an angle, and it's it's almost impossible for me to play Mario Three because I'm so used to playing on the old Nintendo controller. I will agree with that. The just the positioning of the buttons is a mess for trying to play an NES game, and it's ridiculous. And they don't let you change them at all. It's it's terrible. And I, yeah, I, I went through the same thing. I've got a Switch now, and I'm getting more used to it, though I will admit I accidentally hit the home button, like, all the time. But uh, actually, Werewolf, it was one of your contests in which I had won that Mega Man Anniversary Collection download, and it took me forever to ha- how to, like, play classic 8-bit video games with a essentially an Xbox controller. You know what I mean? For very similar oh, reasons. Oh, yeah. That's an okay, that's that's another habit I have is if I can play with the original controller, I far prefer it. No oh, yeah. matter how uncomfortable that controller was, if I can I a Saturn game for me doesn't feel the same when I play it with a PlayStation or Xbox controller. Uh, NES game on Super Nintendo, whatever. None of it. It just it doesn't feel right to me. I, I would mostly agree, but let me ask you about this. Uh, and of course, this is a bit off topic, but now you've got me curious. You, you said you could not play an NES game for uh, with the Super Nintendo controller, but what about, and I know this is a stretch, Super Mario All-Stars? Because that is NES games ported over to look like SNES. So the question here is, does the updated graphics to look more like an SNES, does that help your, your mind accept the fact that you're playing an 8-bit game on a 16-bit system? and therefore make the controller better? I think I had an issue with those games, but not because of the controller, because of uh, more how the game just felt when I played it. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I'm sorry to to go off topic like that, but you got me curious because I've never (laughs) had a hard time with Super Mario All-Stars, but I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly with everything else you're saying, so I wasn't sure. Uh, And we just crossed... I just wanted to address, even with the, the Dreamcast controller, which is kind of a weird abomination of a design i have no idea why the cord comes out of the bottom the disc shape is not comfortable to hold but that's where i learned to play crazy taxi and playing crazy taxi on xbox playstation any of those my hand just doesn't do what it used to be able to do with that game yeah it was awkward but at the same time i felt kind of comfortable with it i don't know it fit well in my hand for some reason I love it. This is the most sensual conversation we've ever had. Yeah, we were talking about blowing, and now... <laughs> right, yeah. Overhand, underhand technique, it's all it's yeah. all good. Those curves. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. I'll get your <clears throat> your take on it, because I, again, I had a, a hell of a time finding hard statistics. But I think it's it's pretty well accepted throughout the world that the most superstitious people tend to be um, athletes, sports stars, things like that, whether it's not shaving, wearing certain underwear or socks, et cetera, et cetera. So with the, the proliferation or the, the growing of eSports as a uh, legitimate competition, I mean, colleges now have eSports teams. I wonder what the likelihood is that they have 
a series of their own superstitions, even though, you know, like I said, they're older people, often college or older, uh, playing new-gen games. I wonder if these teams have their own sets of, uh, of superstitions. So if you guys know anything about that, let me know. Because, again, I'm very, very curious about that, and I found next to, to really nothing uh, regarding that. I'm sure there's a reference to, like, Mountain Dew and Doritos, like, you know, the <laughs> dust on your controllers. I don't know. Um, so in my group, we went to a Smash tournament not too long ago, and, and I also was my coworkers who were Smash players. They're dedicated to the GameCube controller, but not just that for playing Smash. They have certain controller they've used for years, and they can't play the game with anything else. Like, I'm new to the series. I'll use a Joy-Con. I'll use a Pro Controller. I don't really care. But my buddies can't use anything except for the one GameCube controller they've had for, like, what, 10 years. And it drives them nuts if they have to try. Okay. Okay. Now, I'm, this is just the, the best happenstance of all time. Earlier in the in the show, I had said that there's one thing I think everybody has, uh, superstition-wise. And Paul was begging me to tell him what it was. And this is a great segue into it. But tell me if no, I'm... No, I don't care anymore. Okay. Well, this is for Sick Jake and Werewolf. No. Tell, tell, tell me if I'm wrong here. But growing up, there is a, and still today, a defined player one controller. And then there's the controller that is for guests. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, there's oh, yeah. the good controller. And then there's the controller that you keep in a safe deposit box or, like, under a drawer or a Fallout shelter or something like that. And that's for just when somebody comes over to play. That was the case for N64 for me, for sure. Yes. Growing up, absolutely. Not so much anymore. See, I'm saying, I I, I would bet that if ever there was a universal, not superstition, but I guess kind of, it would be that. That everybody has a controller that they know to be better than the others. That gives them an edge. Yeah, for me, the N64 one was the better one because... There was one that only I used, and like I said, all my brothers were always abusing the hell out of them. So, uh, yeah, there was always this the blue controller. I had one of every basic color that they had for N64, and the blue one was mine. Nobody would use it. One time, my friend actually tried to get me to play it. We were playing uh, Star Fox 64, and I remember his dad wanted to play, and... I brought my controller over and I wouldn't let anyone touch it because it's a brand new controller. Like I took it out of the box the day before and his father bribed me with a cheeseburger with two cheeseburgers actually. And they, they totally ripped me off because uh, it was one of those patties that you, you know, the frozen patties, they chopped it in half and gave me on two, on two different buns. So I had half, I had a burger and I just felt so used. Doesn't sound like much of a friend to me. Yeah, we don't we don't speak anymore. Also, I think I know the friend you're talking about. Was his dad that character from the Popeye cartoons? <laughs> Cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> nice Quimby, I think his name was. Wimpy. Oh, Wimpy. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Generally, the uh, the second player controller was the one that you beat up to a point where you knew the select button didn't work that well anymore. Or... You had to press harder on when you're using the down arrow. Yeah, well, for me, it was always the select and start buttons on the NES controller. Like you got to dig your fingernail in there to really get it to pause or whatever you needed it to do. See, mine, mine was the opposite. Mine was never the overly used um, 
not always functioning one. It was it was always the brand new straight out of the box one because it wasn't broken in. The buttons were extra tight, you know, and things like that. Where I'm like, here, you use this one. It's never been used before. And then I'm over here with my fucking speed controller because I've hit the B button 20 million times. All I can tell you is that the best test for any video game, Nintendo or Super Nintendo, I should say, was play Street Fighter with your controller. And that, that was the true test every single time. That's when you found out if you had the crappy controller or not. <laughs> nice. Slight tangent, but uh, I once found that I had the crappy controller playing Street Fighter by myself. Uh, I believe this was a Street Fighter for PS2 at the time. And I had bought a wireless controller from GameStop. First mistake, because it was a GameStop branded controller. It wasn't a, a, a good third party. That's, so, why you, that's what you get for not getting Mad Cats. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, Mad Cats. See, I got to worry about that after. I was, <laughs> I was playing, and every once in a while, my character would just, out of nowhere, decide to kick. And it really threw off my game. And I thought... Maybe I was accidentally hitting something. I didn't know. And then uh, I was playing a different game a couple days later. Uh, I think it was maybe a Final Fantasy. And it kept hitting circle on its own, (laughs) causing me to go into the menu or back out of things. I don't remember what it was doing. But that's when it occurred to me that this controller was just having phantom button presses. Well, we're going to get into superstitions. We might as well talk about ghosts while we're at it. So, um, yeah, there was a ghost that was pressing on Werewolf's uh, circle button. And, uh, yeah, we just didn't want to, I don't know. Okay. You said mad cats. So, growing up as a kid, I always, I never, and I refused to, buy third-party controllers. Because all my friends, all my friends would buy the circle, uh, circle Turbo Touch 360 controller crap, the NES Advantage Mad Cats or any cheap Logitech controller. They they always bought the third body third party ones that are cheap and crappy, and that's the one I have to use when I went to their place. And they were shit every single one of them. So the, to this day, I still don't buy third party controllers. I see that Hori Joy-Con for the Switch. I refuse to pay for it. I don't care. I won't touch it because I know it's gonna be just crap. There's only one company that's made a controller that I like that's third party, and that's 8 Bit Everybody else is terrible. Yeah. yeah, the Abito one's the only company that gets my seal of approval. Every other brand, yeah, I think, is trap. Crap. It's amazing. Yeah, it's great. I bought some cheap USB like SNES style controllers for playing on computer. I ended up breaking one, breaking the B button after about a week and a half playing an RPG. Not playing Street Fighter. <laughs> not playing a platformer, but playing an RPG. And I said, okay, so not sponsored, but I would. Definitely suggest the 8-Bit Doe again. And 8-Bit Doe, if you're looking to sponsor a podcast, we're we're available. Please send us money. <laughs> we are taking applications. <laughs> Just a sec, I gotta let the dog in. <laughs> Paul has the weirdest euphemisms of anybody I've ever met. <laughs> you got a cough. You can just say you got a cough. It's okay. I, we should go ahead and just wrap up everything now while he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and the cast. Yeah. No, there's... There's one last thing I have to be able to get to, so I'll, I'll wait for him to get back, and then... <laughs> I'm back. Okay, cool. Ugly old pretty day, huh? Fuck off. Okay. Uh, okay, so here's one thing I want us to do. Um, now that we have Twitter, which you, everybody listening can find us on Twitter, at uh, Press B to Cancel, what I want us to do 
and I know we're not all into, into sports games, so it doesn't have to be a sports game, but if you can find something that is competitive, whether it's, you know, sports or like Street Fighter or, you know, anything like that, what I want us to do is, is think of a superstition and then play two rounds of the exact same game, one with whatever superstition and one without. So, for example, if you're playing Street Fighter and your go-to person is Guile, I want you to play as Guile versus, like, Chun-Li, just as you normally would. And then for the second one, same fighters. Guile versus Chun-Li, same location, same everything, but do it, like, without a left sock. And let's just, for shits and giggles, see what superstitions we can concoct that have positive results. And then we'll, we'll update the Twitter with that uh, as it happens. I like it. Sounds good. Yeah, I think it could be a lot of fun. I'm kind of scared to try that now, actually. And then, of course, when we when we mention this on Twitter or wherever we mention it, we have to say what the superstition was, uh, as well as the uh, quote-unquote scientific findings. Does uh, Looney Tunes b-ball count as sports ball? Because if so, I'm down. <laughs> yes. Even if it does, well, I, I can't speak for the group. My vote is yes. Sport of kings, that is. I guess Jake and I are going to have to fire up a little Rocket League. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's been so long. And I was never good at that game. <laughs> Don't do it, Werewolf. All right. So, uh, let's yeah, let's let's start wrapping this up. Is there uh, anything superstition or mannerism-wise uh, you guys are thinking of that you wanted to cover that we haven't gotten to yet? No, I'm. most of mine were, you know, covered. And then plenty that I never thought of, so... Well, I'll tell you what, let's uh, let's close up. I'm going to give everybody a moment to kind of talk about their channels, pimp out their, their different projects, uh, as it were. So, Paul, let's give you a moment and just talk about whatever you would like. Uh, no, I have nothing really going on here. I'm just a casual streamer for Twitch, so uh, you'll catch me doing perlers or games or music. So just be aware. I do a little bit of everything. Uh, Paul 109 one of the first friends uh, that I made... Uh, when I became a streamer, and his his shows consistently entertaining, whether he's playing games or doing perlers or uh, serenading the masses. Check him out. Uh, Werewolf, I'm sorry, I think I was talking over you. What's up? Oh, I was going to say, I can also tend to find some of his photos of his perler works on his Instagram. Ram is the Palsh, so T-H-E-P-A-L-S-H, if you'd like to check out any of the stuff. Very cool. And then, uh, Jake, how about you? What do you got for us? So I actually am an ordained minister of the Church of Life. That's actually real as far as internet churches go. But anyway, you can find me not giving sermons on Twitch or shitposting on Twitter daily at Sick Jake. Very cool. And then Werewolf, tell them who you are. You can find me on Twitch uh, either playing games and screaming at them in a rather cartoony fashion or uh, sometimes doing some pixel art either for myself or others. And uh, you can also find me on Twitter, and that'll be at Werewolf, W-A-R-E, like software or hardware, W-U-L-F-F, like the German name Wolfgang. Awesome. And, yeah, I know I I was singing praises to Paul, but uh, Sick Jake is a good friend of mine and somebody I always enjoy watching. And same thing with Werewolf, uh, consistently entertaining stuff. So do yourself a favor and find them, follow them, and then come check out the Retro Therapy. With me, Guy Prime. You can find me on Twitch. Uh, then you can find the Retro Therapy as well on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, as for our show tonight, it sounds like we have all offered our 
opinions. So to submit those opinions, go ahead and press A. Otherwise, press B to cancel. Am I the only one who's going to say that? We're not going to try it all as... Oh. oh. Is that how that works? Yeah, let's try it again then. So you say that, we'll just say press B to cancel. We can, or we can just end it that way with me saying that at the end, and you guys just all going, oh, you were serious? <laughs> should, should, we, uh, should we clap now? Oh, yeah. Paul, do you want to clap? One, one final clap? <laughs> one final clap. Three, two, one. Special thanks for music go to Arthur the Ancient found on SoundCloud or The Last Ancient on YouTube. For more episodes, please visit our website, pressbtocancel.com. As well, feel free to like or subscribe at Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else you like to listen to your favorite shows. As always, thank you. This has been... Press B to cancel. <laughs>